2: A month from proposal to passage, a flurry of last-minute side deals, and a 2 a.m. vote. Why the Republicans rushed their tax plan through the Senate, and how it will reshape American society far beyond taxes. It's Monday, December 4th.
3: Hey, happy holidays, everybody. It's the night we're going to be voting on the tax bill. I just got the tax bill 25 minutes ago.
0: This video is Senator John Tester of Montana very dramatically reacting to getting the tax bill right before they voted on it.
2: Jim Tankersley has been tracking the tax bill for The Times.
3: Why don't you take a look at this, folks? This is your government at work.
0: And then he, in particular, draws you, the viewers, attention, to these changes that Republicans have made to secure support of wavering members onto the bill.
3: Here's the modifications that are in it.
0: Some of those changes they made literally in the margins of the text of the proposed legislation, which they sent to Democrats, and then the Democrats saw them handwritten in the margins and freaked out.
3: This is unbelievable. This is gonna affect everybody in this country.
0: It's not the first time in the history of Congress that a bill had handwritten changes right before it passed. However, what he's reacting to here is, is a very visual image of this process frustration Democrats have had from something that started with the first bill being introduced in the Senate midway through November, and then here they were voting past midnight on Saturday on something that they just really hadn't seen.
3: And we've been given this 25 minutes ago. we're supposed to vote on it in a couple hours.
0: And that's how we ended up with the angry videos that not just Senator Tester, but that a bunch of Democrats made in angry speeches that they did on the Senate floor.
4: Is this really how Republicans are going to rewrite the tax code? Scrawled like something on the back of a napkin? This is not how America should be making laws. And shame on the Republicans.
2: How would you characterize the final hours of negotiations leading up to this vote on the Republican tax plan this weekend? Let's go back
0: to Thursday night.
3: Right now, there is breaking news from the Joint Committee on Taxation that says the Senate bill does not pay for itself.
0: The nonpartisan committee says the plan will increase the deficit by a trillion dollars over a decade. Republicans have had this dramatic moment where they almost lost the bill, it almost got sent back to committee. What we're seeing is something that was not expected by senior Republican aides, was not expected by Republican lawmakers walking into the vote.
1: Some Republicans wanted a a trigger mechanism that would hike up taxes if the bill doesn't cover its own costs. Well, that's been shot down.
0: Three members had concerns with it.
1: Senator Corker, Senator Flake, and Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin decided that they wanted to make sure that this bill wasn't gonna add to the deficit in the long term, in the future.
0: And they pretty quickly figure out that Bob Corker, who has big concerns about the cost of the bill, is unlikely to vote for it. They essentially abandoned trying to get his Mm. vote. So they went to work on Ron Johnson and Steve Daines. They basically upped the bid to those two guys to get them to sign on. And by Friday morning, the two of them signed on.
1: Ron Johnson is a yes on the tax bill, and he was swayed by that increase in the pass-through deduction that we told you about earlier, from 17.4% to 23%.
0: Now they're very, very close, and then...
1: Senator Jeff Flake is a yes on tax reform. What do
3: you know? They're all coming around one by one.
0: After they gave him a small victory on getting him to the table with the president on an immigration dispute.
3: Senator Susan Collins says she's secured enough changes to the overhaul bill to earn her support.
0: The final coup is that they get Senator Susan Collins of Maine, who they've been negotiating with for weeks. So, a bunch of senators win concessions, Republicans get themselves to 51 votes, and even without Senator Corker, they decide to go ahead, they announce they have the votes, and then we saw several hours of debate and theatrics after that, but the cake was baked. They had it at that point. On this vote,
3: the yeas are 51 and the nays are 49, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, as amended, is passed.
2: So can you summarize for us, in the simplest possible terms, what this final bill looks like?
0: The final bill has a large tax cut for corporations, from 35 percent to 20 percent. It reduces tax rates across the board and doubles the standard deduction for individuals, but it gets rid of a lot of popular deductions people claim, particularly the state and local income tax deduction. Mm -hmm. And in the end, best as we can tell, it's going to be a big boon for people who own stock in companies or for people who own their own pass-through company, and a Pretty good deal for most middle-class families who will see a tax cut. But some middle-class families, millions of them in the first year, will see their taxes go up right away. Hmm. And most importantly, I think all of the individual tax cuts expire at the end of 2025. So for middle-class families and all families, their tax cuts are uncertain looking out Mm -hmm. for the next 10 years. Whereas for corporations, there is certainty that the rate has been reduced permanently. So
2: just to be clear, no meaningful changes were made in the final hours to cut costs in this tax bill out of concerns over expanding the deficit. No, none. So in every one of these cases, the Republican leadership is getting these holdout skeptical senators to sign on to the bill with personalized changes, basically concessions, not really in any meaningful way addressing What actually jammed up the bill on Thursday evening, which was this sudden analysis that the bill would add a trillion dollars to the deficit.
0: Exactly. And what we actually saw was a across the board, other than Senator Corker, denunciation of that analysis hmm. by Friday.
1: The Senate Finance Committee putting out a statement saying that this analysis is curious and deserves further scrutiny. And they emphasize that the final version of the tax bill is not yet complete. It is still being hammered out on the Senate floor.
2: So I was curious about Senator McCain's vote.
1: Senator John McCain stunned his president and his party overnight. Stepping up and voting no. (gasps) McCain stressing that Republicans should receive input from members of both parties as they work to produce future legislation.
2: McCain famously killed the Republicans' last big legislative effort, the repeal of the Affordable Care Act, because he said,
0: I wanted to go back to the regular order.
2: So despite the rushed nature of this, despite Democrats feeling like they didn't even know what was in the bill, Are we to understand that Senator John McCain felt like the tax bill followed regular order in the Senate, given that he obviously voted for this bill?
0: Yeah, it was regular order. Fast forward it. It went through all the proper channels. They didn't skip steps like they did with healthcare, it was still negotiated entirely behind the scenes. There were a few amendments that were debated on the floor in earnest that actually did change or would have changed the bill. But all the big stuff from it was decided off stage. You know, Senator McCain wanted to vote for a tax bill and thinks it's very important. I mean, the Republicans are united in believing that the economy really needs, in particular, the business community really needs tax changes now, tax cuts, in order for the American economy to grow faster. And so, McCain's process complaints were addressed, and he jumped on the bill actually pretty early in the process compared to the other holdouts.
3: This is done through the regular order. The Democrats had plenty of notice. Chairman Hatch can attest to all the multiple hearings markups, open amendment process. Everybody had plenty of opportunity uh, to see the measure. You complain about process when you're losing. And that's what you heard on the floor tonight.
2: Jim, Senator Dick Durbin once came on The Daily and said that the Senate is the ultimate deliberative body and that its role is to be this kind of cooling saucer to the hot teacup of the House of Representatives. And with each passing bill over the past year, I wonder if we're seeing the ultimate dissolution of that rule, and now especially so with the tax bill.
0: This was certainly a time in which the Senate did not behave like a cooling saucer. This was Republicans really wanting to move quickly to get something done and doing it. And you did, you had 52 Republicans who really wanted to pass a tax bill. They're under enormous pressure from their donors. They're under enormous pressure from the president. <laughs> and, you know, on health care, the House passed its bill, and then the Senate kind of took its time. And then it failed. But here, the Senate moved fast and with results. This was not a very different process in the Senate than it was in the House. They looked remarkably similar.
3: Moreover, the lingering economic challenges of the last decade only compound the urgency to get this done. This is vital to America's future, and it is urgent. We want the American people
0: to wake up in the new year with a new system.
2: So next up is something called reconciliation, right, where the House bill and the Senate bill get woven together. How much do you expect that— to change the results of what you've described as this really rushed process. How much do you think it will do some cooling down
0: of this bill? I think this is going to be very fast also. Barring some huge surprise, you'll see this passed into the president well before Christmas. Hmm. There is one wild card here really keeping everybody moving quickly, which is that there's a special election in Alabama on December 12th, right. and Republicans could lose a seat there. And if they did, they'd still have the votes to pass their bill, but suddenly any one senator who is not happy with the conference report is able to exert some pressure and force some changes, and they don't want to be in that position, I don't think. It's a long shot that it would take that long, but I think they, they do not want to leave any doubt. They are, They want to get this thing done very soon.
2: Jim, Thank you once again. Thank you. After the break, what else made it into the tax bill besides tax cuts? We'll be
0: right back.
1: This podcast is supported by Facebook. It's been 25 years since lawmakers passed comprehensive internet regulations. But the internet has changed a lot since then, and it's time for an update. That's why Facebook supports updated internet regulations to set clear guidelines for addressing today's toughest challenges, like protecting privacy, fighting misinformation, reforming Section 230, and more. See their progress on key issues and what's next at about.fb.com regulations.
3: Senator McCaskill?
1: Yeah. We are getting notice, I'm reading on my little device here that Senator Toomey just told a reporter that it's in.
4: It's been marketed as a big rebate, a huge collection of tax cuts, $1.5 trillion worth.
2: Peter Goodman covers economics for the Times.
4: But along the way, a lot of elements that have very little or even nothing to do with taxation have been added to it.
1: We're all reading that The individual mandate is going to be in the mark? Health care. We had no idea.
4: Even the savviest Washington observers really will not know Mm. all of the implications. But boil it all down, this is a piece of legislation that goes far beyond the tax code that could re-engineer significant swaths of American life. Even the Affordable Care Act.
2: What does this bill do to that?
4: Well, it eliminates the mandate that everyone buy insurance or pay a tax penalty. And the effect of that is to eliminate healthcare for perhaps 13 million people over the next mm-hmm. decade, according to a congressional budget office estimate. And, and the way that works is is that if people are not required to buy health insurance, then younger, healthier people will not buy health insurance. And then you'll have older people who actually need health care left in the insurance pool, which will jack up the cost of health care for everyone else. And some people simply won't be able to afford to buy it anymore, and they won't have it.
0: Mr. Chairman and, and colleagues, we're talking about a whole new subject, a subject that, as I've indicated, can raise health insurance premiums on millions of people, and I think...
2: So what about provisions of this bill that we haven't heard as much about? What else is in here?
4: Well, in part, this package of legislation reanimates the culture wars and caters to the evangelical right. It lifts a 1954 imposed ban on churches conducting political activism.
1: Another score of Republicans hope to make through the tax bill, repealing the Johnson Amendment.
3: I'm excited about the Johnson Amendment being put in there that will address the, the rights of churches and nonprofits to be able to speak without threat of losing their tax-exempt status. I just
2: don't like the IRS telling me what I can and can't say from behind the pulpit.
4: Which critics say is a significant erosion of the traditional separation between church and state, but again is something that The evangelical right is very happy about on education it potentially has sweeping impact. For one thing, it taxes university endowments. Now, these endowments are major sources of scholarships for low-income and minority students, so this is potentially a hit to class diversity, racial diversity, and could make it harder for students to gain access to universities. And perhaps furthest afield from taxes is that this bill, the Senate version of the bill, opens up the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge Hmm. in northern Alaska to oil drilling.
3: Alaska's National Wildlife Refuge is an incredible place. Pristine, undisturbed. It supports caribou and polar bears.
4: This has been long sought by every politician seemingly in in Alaska.
3: But it's very fragile. And that's why I'm very proud that my Department of Interior has put forward a comprehensive plan to make sure that we're protecting the refuge and that we're designating new areas, including coastal plains, for preservation.
1: And for those of us who call Alaska home to suggest that we would despoil our environment for short-term gain, I think is offensive.
4: Lisa Murkowski, the senator from Alaska, has long sought this provision, and so did her father, Frank Murkowski, who was in the Senate seemingly forever.
1: Let me tell you, when, when our economic opportunities as a state, which lie in our natural resources, are denied us as a state, there is nothing else, there is no other way to describe it than, than that. ...is a war on our economic future.
4: This is the realization of a long-sought goal for the Alaska delegation.
2: Finally, Peter, I want to talk to you about one other major aspect of this bill that hasn't been reported on much, that is about taxes, but that feels very political and that could have repercussions far beyond... And the tax system what else does this bill do that you've been reporting on
4: it eliminates or reduces depending upon whether you're looking at the house or the senate version of the bill deductions that people now gain on their federal tax returns on the taxes they pay locally so this bill effectively makes taxes even more expensive for people who are now living in high tax states like California, New York, New Jersey, mm-hmm. not coincidentally states that tend to vote Democratic. It makes taxes more expensive in those states and the thinking is that then people in those states will demand cuts in the budget in those states and that will filter down to fewer services in those states. It is about taking the longstanding Republican war on government and and bringing it into every state house in the union. That may be ultimately the most far-reaching consequence of this bill. Because what you're effectively doing is you're changing the political culture of states in places where People have been willing to pay higher taxes for more government services. You're effectively jacking up the cost of those services, and you're inviting the kind of tax rebellion that we've seen play out in much of the country, not least in Washington. And who knows where that goes, uh, but it likely goes to greater pressures on government to cut Hmm. government services.
2: It's kind of a forced attempt to create smaller government across the country.
4: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's very much using this bill to widen the battle against government. This bill goes far beyond taxation. It represents a one-shot, enormous victory for much of the Republican agenda that's been playing out over the last several decades.
2: Here's what else you need to know today.
4: The president's lawyer is saying Michael Flynn, a former national security adviser at the White House, for 25 days during the Trump administration
3: and a former Obama administration official. entered. The the White House has
2: portrayed Michael Flynn, the president's former national security adviser, as a renegade who acted independently in his discussions with a Russian official, discussions Flynn pled guilty to lying to the FBI about in a federal courthouse on Friday. But emails provided to or described to The Times show that Flynn was in close touch with other senior members of the Trump transition team, both before and after he spoke with the Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, and that the team was strategizing over how to reassure Russia about sanctions imposed by the Obama administration. Meanwhile, President Trump responded to Flynn's guilty plea by lashing out at the FBI in a tweet on Sunday morning, saying that the Bureau's reputation was, quote, in tatters, worst in history, and denying that he told former FBI director James Comey to end the Flynn investigation, as Comey has testified. And...
0: Former piano prodigy
3: James Levine has spent most of his adult life at the podium of one of the world's foremost opera houses, he made his debut at the Metropolitan Opera.
2: The Metropolitan Opera. Opera has suspended James Levine, its revered conductor and former music director, after three men came forward with accusations that Levine sexually abused them decades ago, when they were all teenagers and aspiring musicians. Peter Gelb, the general manager of The Met, announced the suspension on Sunday evening and told The Times that, to his knowledge, Allegations about Levine had reached the upper levels of the Met twice before, once in 1979, and once again in 2016, and had not been investigated or acted upon. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow.
1: If you're single, are you dating on the Match app yet? Are you a sourdough-starting, micro-greens-growing, closet-organizing superstar? It turns out, post-pandemic singles may be the most interesting people out there. And they're ready to have those, what-did-you-do-last-year conversations. After this year of being focused on yourself, there's never been a better time to partner up. Download the Match app, set your preferences, and their powerful recommendation engine takes it from there. And bonus, it's now 100% free to message your top matches. Get ready to start something great. Download Match today.